Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but we wanted to stop and take just a moment to tell you about this month's sponsor. Yeah, we're extremely grateful and blessed to be sponsored this month by Apologetics Press. And what they're doing for us is they're actually allowing us to give away a Defending the Faith Bible. Uh, so they're going to be in the New King James Version and obviously a lot of great resources in this book. Uh, but before we talk about how you need to enter to win, we're going to let Michael uh, talk a little bit about the history behind Apologetics Press. Yeah, Apologetics Press started in the late 1970s. There was a need to make a Available more scripturally sound and scientifically accurate materials in the field of Christian apologetics. And the idea for Apologetics Press was born. And when you ask what materials do they have available, AP is a great source for resources on topics like creation, the existence of God, and so much more. And they also have a wide variety of free and purchasable materials for vacation Bible school, Bible classes, and even everyday study. And on the staff, you may know the names of the staff and may not know that they're associated with Apologetics Press, but Dr. Dave Miller currently serves as the executive director, and Kyle Button, Eric Lyons, among many others, are some of the ones that write material on a regular basis trying to help those in this world combat the errors of the devil. And so we mentioned what we're giving away. Caleb, tell them how they can win it. Again, the the way you do this is twofold. And just like all the other sponsors and giveaways that we've been doing, you have to sign up for our email list. Go to, again, go to scatteredabroad.org, scroll all the way down, name, email, and you'll be successfully uh, entered to win. But we got to do one more thing. We need you to go to AP's website, go to apologetexpress.org, and also sign up for their emailing list. And then you'll be successfully entered to win the Defending the Faith Study Bible. You don't want to let the Study Bible get away. We're so thankful for Apologetics Press sponsoring this month's episode, and here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scattered Abroad Podcast. My name is Kayla Rutherford, and I'm your host. I'm your host, Michael Clark. And we're so excited that you decided to join us for this episode of Season 1, Episode Number 5 of the Scattered Abroad Podcast. Just as a reminder as we begin, please remember to go to our website, and there you can scroll all the way down. You can subscribe to our email list. And as always, remember to go to whatever platform it is that you're using. Please give us a rating or review that will give us exposure as to who we are, and hopefully we can get our name out there, get our content out there, and hopefully it will be beneficial to you and to everyone else who comes in contact uh, with us. Just as a reminder as to what our theme for 2021 is, it is scattered yet united. And today on this episode, we're going to be talking about being united in hope. And what a beautiful topic to talk about when we think about hope because of how prevalent it is. And we think about the year that we've just come out of, the year 2020, and how uh, a a lot of terrible things happened in the year 2020, and yet how as Christians, we can still have hope. And, and so, Jameson, let me kick things to you as we kind of begin this episode. How does hope change the way that, 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 that we live our lives, how, how we act and the way we conduct ourselves in this life? How, how does hope change that? Yeah, well, uh, over the years I, I've, I've dealt with, I've seen, uh, I've interacted with uh, a lot of people who are living hopeless lives. They're looking for hope in, in, in something or someone in their life. Um, so many people battle so many different things, whether it be you know, depression, whatever that may be. And a lot of that stems back to this idea of, of they're, they're losing some hope. And I think about somebody like the Apostle Paul. Uh, over in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, 
you know, he had talked about different things that he was going through. He was he was hard pressed on every side, yet he wasn't crushed. He was perplexed, not in despair. He's persecuted, but not forsaken. He and you, later on in the book of Second Corinthians, he talks about all the things that he had faced. You know, he's been he's been stoned and left for dead. He's been shipwrecked. He's been in prison, and I mean, and unjustly thrown in prison. He he's seen all those things. All those things have happened to him. Yet he says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, he says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Paul, why, why do you not lose heart? Surely all the things you're facing, everything you're going through, if there was anybody who could ever throw in the towel and give up, walk away from it all, surely it was Paul. How do you not lose heart? He says, Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. He emphasizes that, yes, this outward body that we have, it is, it is perishing. You know, folks can do, you know, nothing wrong with exercising, nothing wrong with, you know, eating right and dieting, doing all these things. That's great. But at the end of the day, uh, at the end of their life, everyone dies. You know, you think about maybe uh, people who are in the greatest shape in their life. That's great but they are still going to die. This outward man, this outward body is perishing, and there is nothing we can do to stop that. He says, however, though, yet the inward man is something that we can renew, and it's being renewed day by day. He talks about, too, our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How does hope change the way we live our lives? What we have to do is what Paul was doing, writing by inspiration here. And he was saying we have to focus on, we have to look at those unseen, eternal things and not focus on you know our whole identity our whole being wrapped up in the same temporary things and, and that's what he's emphasizing there uh, you know also think about how hope changes the way that we live our lives you know we think about that we serve the one Jesus Christ who has overcome death in acts chapter 2 verse 25 through 28 you know he he was he was not left in the realm of the dead he was not left in the tomb but he was raised up over in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about how that, you know, he is risen from the dead. And because of that, we have hope. Because of that, our faith is not in vain. And he is the one who ultimately will have the victory and triumph over death. So I think about how hope changes the way we live our lives. It, it, when we have hope, and, and I would argue that we only have real hope in Christ. When we have hope it totally changes the way we approach this life because we know, you know, yes, I'm here, and yes, I suffer, and yes, things happen to me, and yes, my body may begin to break down in this way or in that way, but this is not all there is. And I think as we think about how hope changes the way we live our life, that's how we have to approach this life and keep that, that view in mind. That's a great point, Drew. Yeah, I was just thinking on that, that hope changes your perspective and your focus, too. Colossians 3.1, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Why did Jesus emphasize, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay them up in heaven? Paul emphasized our citizenship is in heaven, uh, Philippians 3.20. So I think it also changes our perspective and our focus. Let's not focus as much 
on the temporary. Let's focus more on the eternal. No, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, when we talk about great passages uh, that talk about hope, Houston, First Peter chapter 3 is a passage that immediately comes to my mind because it talks about a living hope. So kind of explain to us, you know, what exactly is a living hope as referred to by, uh, by Peter here in this passage? Well, first, it's obviously the opposite of a dead hope. And before we get into the text, I'm going to give an example of what a dead hope would be. As we're recording, it's nearing the end of 2020, and as this episode airs, it'll be the start of 2021. And how many of you know somebody who throughout this year with all that's going on, they're just ready to get through with 2020, they're looking forward to 2021 because they think that 2021 is going to bring, bring better things. That is a dead hope because I can guarantee that even though while we may not have the same problems in 2021, we're still going to have problems. Now to the text, Peter wrote, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living or a lively hope uh, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead uh, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away reserved in heaven for, for you who are kept by the power of God uh, through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So he tells us what that living hope is. It is an inheritance. He's begotten us again into a living hope to an inheritance. Now, what is that inheritance? We don't exactly know fully what that's going to be, but he describes it a little bit for us. It is an inheritance which is, first of all, incorruptible. What does that mean? Well, it does not mean that it is, it means that it is not decaying. Uh, among the, the host here, a uh, few of us are um, average uh, sports fans. Some of us are a little bit more avid than others, Michael. And <laughs> Drew. Drew. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I, I spoke, one of, one of the boys uh, that attends where I preach, he plays football for Lincoln County, and I typically will ask him how, how the season's, season is going, how he's liking it, you know, what, what are their expectations for the upcoming game. And it was nearing the end of the, the season, and he's a senior this year, and he, he told me he said he was just ready for it to be over with. And that's, that's kind of a – when you start out the season, you have this, this hope of, okay, we're going to go to the championship or we're at least going to get the playoffs or we're going to have a winning season or whatever that hope might be. And then to speak with him by the end of that season, he was ready for it to be over with. That's a decaying hope. That's a, that's a corruptible hope. And then Peter goes on to say that it is undefiled. That means that it is, it is clean and that it has never been not clean. What would be an unclean hope for somebody? James in James chapter 4, he writes about somebody who has a, an unclean or a defiled hope. Uh, James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, he says, Go to now you that say, Today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city and we'll buy and sell and get gain. That is, a, uh, is an unclean uh, hope. Then he says that it is one that fades not away. Again, back to the, to the sports illustration. When you start out your season, you have great expectations. You have a great hope for what the season might bring. And then when about the third game hits and you come across a really strong team and they just completely obliterate you, 
your hope starts to fade away. That goal that you were chasing towards seems like it's, it's a whole lot farther away, much harder to reach. So this one is something that's it's always there in our sight so long as we keep looking at it. It's never not attainable. And then he says it's also reserved in heaven for you, so a living hope is also one that's waiting on us. But I want us to focus on that last little point, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. What is the power of God? The power of God, Jesus, when he was speaking to those who uh, did not know the scriptures. He said, you do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Also, in 1 Corinthians 1.18, he says, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And then, of course, Romans 1.16-18, uh, Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So, the scriptures are the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. The gospel of Christ is the power of God. The word of God is the power of God. So we who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation, we're kept by the word of God and trusting in it, and that is going to give us that hope, but only for those who are kept by the power of God through faith. Yeah. We talk hard. a lot about, from the sports perspective, every year the teams that are playing believe they're going to win it all. And sometimes that's laughable. You watch college football and you've got, you know, Northwestern University for the blind and they're going, we're number one, we're number one. And you're like, no, you're not. You're, you're not even going to win any games this year. But they believe it. They have hope that they might just somehow pull it out and be able to do it. There is a difference in that biblical hope where hope we can know that it, that it will come our way because we can hope in what we've been promised and know that it will come to pass. We don't have to, you know, just cross our fingers and pray that maybe just maybe we'll get lucky and make it to heaven. We can know that we're going to go. Jake, can you imagine, you know, going in, you know, for baseball or football, basketball, whatever it is, you imagine going, you know, into that game, you, you always, and this is for me, and you always have kind of those nervous jitters before the game, you know, the anticipation of it going. And it's usually, and a lot of times it's because you, you really truly don't know the outcome. You don't know how it's going to end, but can you imagine going into that game with full confidence, knowing 100% without a doubt, you're going to win that game. You know, how confident would you be going to that game? Well, that's us as Christians. Sure. That's us as faithful Christians. We know we're going to, at the end of the day, win that battle and that we're going to make it into heaven and, our, and have our reward. And so I think it's so important when we talk about hope. It's something that we've got to have. But it's got to, we have to be individuals, like you said, we have to be individuals who stay faithful. It's got to be something that we're constantly looking towards because if we lose that, then we don't get that hope anymore uh, and, and, we, and it's gone. Josh, um, I, I think about... 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, specifically verses 16 through 18, when we think about hope. Um, how, when, when looking at that passage, how can that passage specifically give us uh, as individuals hope today? You know, in that particular text, you know, Paul is saying, For the which cause we faint not, uh, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, you know, which is but for a moment, uh, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I always kind of like to look at that from a particular perspective, knowing everything he had to go through, and yet he was still able to say it's light affliction. Sure. And you turn over to 2 Corinthians 11, beginning of verse 22, of the Jews, five times received our 40 stripes, saves one, thrice I was beaten with rods, uh, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I cast into a deep. Yeah, he was able to say it's light affliction. His aim was always heaven. His aim was always pleasing the Father. Even in 2 Timothy 4, when he's about to die, what is he thinking about? 
He's thinking about heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm about to die, but I've run the race. Mm -hmm. I've done everything God has wanted me to do. And I guess when you, you know, take a step back and you look at all the things the Apostle Paul wrote, the chapter that comes to my mind, we talked about it yesterday, was Romans chapter 8. I mean, that chapter is filled with hope. Uh, from chapter 7, verse 21, uh, he talks about finding the law. He talks about the struggle between the new law, the old law. Uh, he says in verse number 28, uh, I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And then he gets to Romans 8, verse 1, and he just talks about this new commitment. You know, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And kind of preaching on hope, I always like to throw this, you know, this quote out there. The Bible is the only book that gives a man a reason to live, and it's the only book that gives a man a hope for dying. Mm -hmm. wow. And and I heard that from a, um, a preacher friend, Michael Shepard, all of us know him. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I said, man, that'll preach right there, man. <laughs> that is some good stuff. You know, when we look at everything we go through, and then Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, it's light affliction. And then sometimes, you know, as a preacher, which I'm sure all of us do, you know, sometimes I kind of, you know, have a pity party for myself sometimes, you know, like, man, it seems as if the work is not going good. It seems as if everyone is against me. But, you know, as Jameson said, this world is not our home. We sing that song so often. We're just a passing through. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, right. because Monday crisis sets in, you know, all the different things are coming around us, all the different angles. But again, Romans 8 verse 18, for I reckon that the suffering of this time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. In that very same chapter, he talks about uh, verse number 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine. And these are all the things we face every day. These are the things as 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 members of the church and, and, and even not, you know, we have those things right in our faith, uh, face. But Paul's perspective is something I always appreciate. You know, even, even the book of Philippians, all of us have studied that book. You know, here he is again getting ready to die he's on house arrest and yet he's thanking god for them verse number uh philippians 1 verse 3 verse 21 for me to live is christ and to die is gain and and, and if christ can die for me then i can show enough live for him <laughs> you know and and again you know that particular verse in second corinthians 4 is just a just a powerful verse that just speaks about the hope we have in jesus but it also gives others who don't have that hope an opportunity to have that because that's what it's all about. Right. You know, us sharing that hope with them so they can share that hope with someone else and ultimately for all of us to go to heaven. Trey Point, Drew? Yeah, you mentioned Romans 8 being a great chapter on hope. It begins and ends with hope. Mm -hmm. and, and you said verse 1. That's one of my favorite verses because you had the location and the lifestyle. That brings about hope. If there's, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, so if you put on Christ in baptism, Galatians 3.27, you're in Christ. That's your first thing you have to do. But then you have to uh, live according to the Spirit. Those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So location and lifestyle. But the biggest thing is the word now. Paul said there is now no condemnation. So we can live every day with the hope of eternal life. And also Romans 8.24, we're saved by hope. And so, again, that's, that's a great point, Josh, on, on Romans 8 being that great chapter on hope. But I just think that's something to emphasize that Paul says, let's let's start right here. No condemnation now. Let's live every day with Amen. that with that real hope. Right. Part, part of our problem, it seems, is we have so many people that believe that perfection is what's required uh, to yeah. be a Christian. I love Romans 7 for a lot of reasons because it really does illustrate the difference between the law and sin and why sin is what sin is because of what the law says about sin. But one of the things that's overlooked is in verses 20 through the end of the chapter, Paul does an emphasis on perfection is not required. 
faithfulness is because the old law that's what it required it required man to be perfect he couldn't have any type of imperfection and that's why what paul was able to say i wouldn't have known sin had the law said had the law not said thou shalt not covet and then i realized in my life well I've done that. I have made sins in my life, and he says sin revived and I died. And his mentality there was I had not known that sin was a thing until I became a sinner because the law revealed what sin was. So how do we handle that moving forward? How do we have hope? Because everyone at this table, everyone that's listening, everyone in this world that's ever lived or ever will live will commit a sin. That's what the Bible teaches in Romans 1 through 3. And so we have to figure out where's our hope come from because if we're all sinners— How do we have that hope? Well, the hope is found in faithfulness over perfection. And the idea that we have to start getting to people is to stop thinking that the sins that they've committed in life makes them exempt from heaven, that they can't make it because they just have no hope. And part of our problem is we hit so hard, and we have to on sin, and we hit so hard on the problems of this life, the problems of our country, that we sometimes forget to stop and just talk about the idea of what hope really gives us. And that hope provides us with an opportunity to say, God did that for me, and he's promised that this will happen. I do have something to do to, to make that promise come true, but it will happen nine times out of a 99 million percent if I do what I'm supposed to do, a hundred times out of a hundred, I should say. It will always happen. Yeah. There's never going to be a time where God says, eh, that one time, sorry, just don't feel like I want to give you the, the hope this time. God will never keep back the promise from us. He will never do it. We'll do it to ourselves. Right. Exactly right, Houston. Uh, going back to Second Corinthians chapter four, uh, me being a a younger fellow, it's hard for me to set my affections on things above. It's hard for me to to const to keep my mind on the prize, to constantly look uh, forward forward to heaven, and to think about those things. And I think looking at at what Paul was writing here. He was, he was, he, his body was decaying. And perhaps there's some wisdom in God in that the older we get, and you've probably noticed this as well, when, when you're speaking to somebody who, who is, who is older, maybe in their seventies or so, they have a greater desire for heaven than probably I do, a much greater desire for heaven than I do. So perhaps there's some wisdom in, in, in the way that our life is set up and that the older we get, the more we realize that this life is frail and the more that we hope for something that is beyond there, beyond well, no, this world. Right. No, I, th- I think that's a great point. Drew, <clears throat> let's turn things to you. You know, we've talked a lot about hope. Um, and and I, th- I think about, you know, you, you ask your kid um, right before Christmas, you know, wh- what do you hope you're going to get for Christmas? And, you know, and they have all of these, these worldly things. And obviously, it's not a bad thing, but it, all these physical monetary things. But what is the greatest thing um, that we could ever hope for? Well, I think that's a great thing that you did to, d- to describe the difference between worldly hope and biblical hope. Worldly hope is wishful thinking. Sure. Uh, but, but biblical hope is desire plus expectation. Uh, we desire to go to heaven. We expect to go, of course, not because we say, look how great I am, but look how great my God is. Right. Look at the promises he's made to me. If I remain faithful to him, I have that true hope. God, who cannot lie, has promised us eternal life, Titus 1-2. Uh, 1 John five thirteen. these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe on the name of the Son of God. So the short and direct answer is the greatest thing for which we can hope is heaven. But if we kind of look at that a little bit deeper, 
And I would say there's a process. Focus on the process, not the results. We hear that in sports talk sometimes. I'd say both uh, apply here. Mm -hmm. Focus on heaven, but also focus on the process to get there. First, you must have your name in the book of life, Philippians 4.3. Revelation 21.27, only those who are written in the last book of life will be in heaven. So you must obey the gospel, but that's not where it ends. You come out of the watery grave, it's time to get to work. We can have the true hope of salvation if we live faithfully. So the greatest thing for which we can hope is to be in heaven. But I would say this, if we piece these things together, have your name in the book of life, have the true hope of eternal salvation, and to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Because if you hear those words, heaven's going to be your home. That's exactly right. Josh? Drew used the word preparation. And, and just tying that within what Houston said, you know, going back to Philippians 1, you know, people usually think that when Paul says, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain, it took him a while to get there. Mm. And we have to remind people sometimes that it is a process. I mean, of course, hope, you know, we all have to have hope and we need hope. But, you know, sometimes we look at an older Christian and we say, man, I would do anything for their faith. Well, they had to go through some things to get there. Mm. And we have to remind ourselves and, and, and the people we're preaching to that it is a process. You know, and in Acts chapter 9, I don't think Paul says for me to live as Christ is a dies gain. You know, he was just only moments before persecuting people who were Christians. And now he himself is saving those people with the same zeal he had as persecuting them. So I think, you know, for sure, preparation definitely goes into that as well. Absolutely. Well, we certainly want you to know that as a listener, as someone who, who has been listening to this podcast and taking in our content, you certainly can be an individual who has hope um, in this life. You go through so many things, so many ups and downs, discouragements, and, and different things like that in life. Know that you can have hope. And if you have any questions about that, please remember you can email us, you can contact us, and we will try our absolute best to give you a biblical answer. And we will try to encourage you and give you and help uh, see that you can have that hope through Jesus Christ um, through the study of his word. As always, we certainly appreciate you for joining us for this episode of uh, the Scattered Abroad podcast. Don't forget, you can find our show notes below, and there you can find ways to contact us, uh, our social media links. Uh, all of our platforms are there as well. Also, don't forget about our sponsorship and giveaway for this month. So please remember, in order to enter for that, you have to subscribe to our email list. So remember to do that on our website at scatteredabroad.org. Also, don't forget, at Scattered Abroad, we are pushing out content every single day. So every single day, there's a new podcast uh, for you to listen to. And as always, every first Sunday of the month, the joint podcast drops, and you're welcome to listen to that or watch that um, or go to whatever platform it is that you want to use uh, to be able to, to, to dive into that and study with us together. And so on behalf of everyone here at SAN, thank you again so much for listening, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.